Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of cyberpunk. I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting. And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives. Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future. We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Welcome back, Chooms, to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl, Genesis, and with me, as always, is Toasty. This week, we were supposed to talk with Jay Gray from Artel Saurian Games, but he caught the dreaded con cough, so he had to bow out for this week. But thankfully, we had recorded a double episode with N7 Legend last week, so we're going to have part two come out this week instead of next week. Woo! Yay! All right, so we also do have a little bit of a scream sheet to go over first, because on the day that this episode will be releasing, August 20th of 2023, is actually a historic date in cyberpunk. Toasty, what happens? Uh, The event known as the Night City Holocaust, or the bombing of Arasaka Tower, occurs August 20th, 2023, in cyberpunk. So in three, four days. Three days. We record on Thursday nights. This happens on Sunday. Yep. So, um... I don't know. I guess keep your eye on California. I don't think anything's going to happen, but who knows? I really, really hope nothing happens. Please don't make this a thing where you're trying to make the world cyberpunk happen. No. I I withhold further for the statement. <laughs> Most of the cyberpunk lorecast do not promote terrorism. It's true. We don't. I don't endorse any forms of terrorism. Please. Don't do that. Hopefully our listeners know me well enough by this point. (laughs) I think they do for sure. With all of that being said, let us jump back into our conversation with N7 The Legend, uh, where we talk about more of the actual, the lore that we have touched on in previous episodes regarding the media and propaganda and the way that the WNS interacts with uh, cyberpunk as a whole. So we brought up a few of those, a few more of those talking points to him that we had already discussed on previous episodes and got his feelings and thoughts about them. Uh, It was a really, really good conversation and brought a lot of light to what is happening in our current real world. And then uh, like how cyberpunk is sort of showing what could happen in the future if we allow it to. So the recording starts right after we come back from the mid-break. So please enjoy our conversation 
with Mass Effect lore casts and Seven the Legend. I'll script the mid-break for you for next week if it'll make you feel better. No, no, I can't have it script. I'm just going to wing it every single time so people can appreciate that you normally do it. Aw, thank you. Because they're going to be like, what the fuck was that? Or they're, as, as Sam's soundboard said. <laughs> oh, all right. So, you know, these are some of the talking points that we've talked about and so we would love to have your thoughts on them. Now, how similar are these to current real-world situations? And do any of these scare the shit out of you? Well, foreign relations with the EEC. Noosa is on extremely tense terms with the EEC ever since the Gang of Four waged a propaganda campaign against Europe during the conflicts of the 1990s in which they used jealousy of the better conditions in Europe to give U.S. citizens someone other than their own government to blame for their misery. Come on, man. What is he doing? Come on, man. Give me a little break here. No, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, and yes, that was Joe Biden. I used that tactically. Uh, because it doesn't surprise me. Propaganda and scapegoating is forever, man. That's always going to happen as long as there's human beings around. But what's interesting is that if the NUSA truly had a free press, it would fact check the, the, the press would fact check the sensationalist claims from the NUSA and people would then trust the press for doing so. But that's not the dynamic <laughs> that we see in cyberpunk. So, No, and especially since the gang of four is the government, uh, they were a combination of the the four of them were is the CIA, the FDA, FBI, no. the FBI, the FDA, and the NSA. The yeah, and the NSA. Yeah, and they were basically they took a like, they took control of the government and ran it, and they were just, as it says in the name, a gang. <laughs> Can you imagine being in the room where everyone else is from the NSA, CIA, and what was the other one, FBI? And and they're like, oh, what do you do? I'm with the FDA. Uh, no, so no, no, it's no, not the FDA. It's, it's the, the drug okay. enforcement agency. It's the DEA. The DEA. DEA. Okay, that makes a lot more sense because I was thinking, what the hell is the FDA doing there? <laughs> hey, look, sometimes things get weird. Like the CIA guy is like, all right, we're going to launch a black ops mission and assassinate this guy. And the FBI is like, we can provide counter surveillance. And the NSA is like, we'll do wiretaps. And the FDA is like, we have we'll certified beef. <laughs> Here's your Angus certified grade A beef. You're welcome. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Whoops, my bad. <laughs> All right. Um, the relations between Korea and Japan. Um, and this one was like quite interesting because it seems like Korea. So in the lore, we found out that Korea is also a sore spot for the Japanese. The Korean media seeks out possible slanders and imperialistic statements in Japanese politics and medias like bloodhounds. Once they find something, they lash out with vigor about the impending invasion. The light side of Japanese life, such as aid from the government or nice stories about good relations between Jap Japanese and Korean students, are ignored due to lack of sensationalism. So I want to zero in right there with what you said, that the light side of Japanese life, so pretty much you know the good news uh, or things that might uplift people, are ignored due to lack of sensationalism. And I want to zero in on that because I think a lot of listeners are going to think, well, hey, that's our real world right now. That's why I don't ever see any good news on the television. Uh, there's two sides to that. So number one, in cyberpunk, these things are ignored. Well, ignored by whom? You know, because are they ignored by the editors? Like the journalists are trying to pitch these good stories and the editors constantly shoot them down? Or are they ignored? Because In cyberpunk, that's probably the case, that the editors are thinking in terms of what their political slant is, what the propaganda says, and we need to scare the shit out of people. In cyberpunk, probably. But in real life, it's much more of a gray area than that. Uh, and a lot of people don't know what to do with gray. 
but in it's the viewers and readers ignorance that makes or breaks a story so if you see news trending online and every time you go on twitter or facebook there of course there's the added algorithms of their own social media platforms that are preferring some news over others but in addition to that let's say the algorithm wasn't slanted any way at all and it only preferred things by sheer likes similar to reddit uh a lot of subreddits just the more upvotes you get, the higher it goes in the channel and more people see it, right? Um, if it were purely like that, there wouldn't be, it's still up to the viewers and readers to engage. So if the viewers and readers are ignoring the good news because they aren't getting that visceral reaction from it, they're not getting you know, outraged about um, what have you, the news story of the week that really has people up in arms. And they're spending more time engaging with the, with the story that does have them outraged. And then that means the good news, the light side of Japanese life, uh, the nice stories about good relations between the Japanese and Korean students in cyberpunk, those are not getting as upvoted as much. So people aren't seeing those as much. But they're still being, they're both being written. They're both being covered. And this is something that I deal with a lot and I have dealt with a lot in my personal life when I talk about what I do for work because it never fails. There's always someone who says, well, why isn't the media reporting on this? To which my question almost always is, well, how did you hear about that? It's really interesting, but how did you hear about it? Oh, I don't know. I saw it here. Looks like the media is reporting on it then. It just isn't getting as much attention as you think it deserves. And that's not up to, quote-unquote, the media, which, by the way, is a sweeping generalization. And I, I implore everyone listening to this, if you hear someone say the media, ask them what they mean by that. And you might be surprised to hear their definition of the media. Because I'm willing to bet it includes things like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, and a bunch of other things that are not considered news media and are not run by journalists. Uh, it probably includes also Hollywood. They might say Hollywood very cynically. Well, okay, well, those are actors and entertainment. And that's not news journalists either. But if they do address the news, they might say that one of the top four, uh, MSNBC, Fox, CNN. Maybe they'll go into ABC or CBS too. But that's what? Five stations? You know how many journalists work in the United States alone? It's thousands and thousands of people. And so when someone says the media, it is such a misnomer for what people actually mean. It's a blanket term. It's nondescript. And all of these different people who work in these different industries are getting lumped together in this same blanket statement. So that's my soapbox about the media. And when you hear someone say, why doesn't the media report on this? There's a few, few problems with that question. <laughs> because if the media is not reporting on something, how do you know about it? if you didn't witness it yourself. And maybe the answer is you just saw someone post about it on Facebook. Are you that sure of their journalistic credibility that you're going to take their post as the gospel? Because there's a probability that if it's a post that is newsworthy enough and it's inflammatory enough, it would have made its way across some journalist's desk and they would have done their job as a journalist to fact check it and look and see and vet this lead to see if there really is anything to it. And a lot of times, journalists make uh, executive decisions where they'll we'll see these things that could be leads, but they're probably not. And we have a finite amount of time in our day just like everyone else. Uh, so we have to make executive decisions on what to prioritize. And if it looks like it could be a wild goose chase, and we're a journalist who has to turn reports every day, that's not going to pay it off, you know, um, unless there's irrefutable proof. Um, so there's there's a whole host of layers to that uh, that question. But just because you didn't see it doesn't mean that no one reported on it. I think that the like even in cyberpunk, I think that that uh, statement has a lot of merit because there I mean, there's definitely like a lot of uh, cases where you can make comparisons between cyberpunk and real life um, that uh, sometimes get very uncannily accurate to each other which is super worrying 
Um, but I have to imagine that it's kind of this. And I bet there is like situations, you know, some of the big networks and stuff in cyberpunk where, yeah, sure. The editors get a story and they're like, yeah, this isn't going to do nothing. We're just going to toss this out because this is, it's stupid to try and even do this. But I have to imagine that, I mean, with what we see and experience in the game, it is absolutely just all of like what, what the population sees and the stuff that gets spread. Um, so, and that's part of the other thing with the advertisements and stuff, you know, we're going to get a lot of bad news. And then the advertisements, the obsess, like insane amount of advertisements just blocks everything else. Yeah. And then you have the children in that universe growing up in it and expecting that is the norm. I don't know. There's the duality in me where it's like I am walking down the street in in cyberpunk and I'm like, (laughs) those are pretty titties up on there. And I'll look I'll look at the advertisement and then I'll keep walking by. Or there's some of the ones that are like the highly sexualized dominatrix ones and everything like that. And then I'm also realizing, wait a minute, I also just passed a five-year-old walking on the street who is consuming that exact same advertisement. And I'm like, I don't like that as much. So advertisement in cyberpunk is is definitely awkward and weird sometimes but it sells it sex sells and you know what in in news uh in news media things that create visceral reactions sell and it's it's not a good reflection i think of our news literacy and our appreciation of civics in this country um but just an example on any given on any given day when i cover a murder that happened or a terrible car crash or a fire, but normally murders, they're going to get exponentially more likes when I post them to social media. They're going to get exponentially more reposts than when I've, and this is a real example, than when I've covered a story about a winery that was collecting gifts for, uh, you know, families basically that couldn't give their children gifts and then someone broke in and stole the gifts, and then the gifts were replaced. And so I covered that story when the gifts were replaced. And it was a heartwarming story. It was right before Christmas. The gifts were replaced, and these kids are going to get their gifts. And you know what? Like, I covered that. It was for digital. There was a different reporter who covered it for broadcast. But um, I covered that, and it didn't get nearly enough the attention, nearly as much attention as when I cover uh, some shooting that happens downtown. Uh, so, and that's, that's not on me because it's even with the punny title. Cause yes. I remember <laughs> I did write a very, a very, probably one of the best puns I've ever written, uh, for that headline, which I thought should have deserved appreciation in and of itself. But, um, and part of the, part of the problem is, you know what, part of the problem is within the news media industry, because, there's a tendency to steer toward what's going to get those clicks and what's going to get those uh, views because we're being the, the hot breath is down our neck from the business guys above us to make that revenue. Because especially now that a lot of news stations are really hard pressed to make, to, to make it even on their budget every year. Uh, So it's a it's a rock and a hard place for the average everyday reporter who's out there and doesn't really have a lot of pull. So I kind of want to move to the information services that are available in Noosa and like after the collapse. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to go here and talk about the average citizen in night city because they are only exposed to headlines and snippets of information add to this the fact that most information freely distributed at the consumer level is dripping with propaganda and disinformation so at the consumer level america is made up of citizens who feel informed even though the vast majority of their information is manufactured and falsified 
Almost all programming is a conglomeration of styles called infomercialtainment, which are long commercials with the purpose to inform or entertain. A.K.A. most morning news shows. <laughs> I was about to say, this sounds really familiar. If, you, actually. if you've ever flipped on the TV to see what most morning, like very early, early morning news shows are like, I'm, I'm sorry, good morning, America. Uh, but they're not hard news. That's a tactical mm-hmm. choice, too, because most people don't want to start their day with five people were killed in Chinatown. Like, that's not how most people want to start their day going to work. Um, but there's still real newscasts that happen uh, in a lot of America's largest news markets, even at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, but there are also a lot of, they call them lifestyle, lifestyle news shows. That's what they call them. Um, and that that rings pretty true. But I also have thoughts on on this whole, um, the average citizen is is being exposed to headlines and snippets of information, so they feel like they're informed, but they're not really informed. Um, I It's a commentary, right? Cyberpunk is making a strong commentary here. And for better or for worse, they're criticizing the news industry in our own world, uh, saying that they're not really giving people the full story. Uh, like I've kind of hinted at before, reporters who are on the ground are restricted with a number of different things, the basics of which are airtime. There's Mm -hmm. simply not enough time to explain all of the facets uh, and different pieces of information that would make every news story very full, whole, and well-rounded and thorough. There's just not enough time on commercial broadcast to be able to explain all of that to the viewer. Uh, Part of the problem is because of the way that newscasts are laid out. They're supposed to be fast-paced to keep your attention. But then that means that the other problem is that we have shorter attention spans now. And people tend to tune out on news stories after about a minute and a half. Uh, It's true. Uh, And that's... That that would constitute a very compelling news story. On the average news story, they're tuning out way quicker than that. Um, So we have to be attention-getting to make sure that any of our thing is being listened to or read or watched. Um, And, you know, I can debate whether or not Cyberpunk's commentary has merits and whether it actually leads players to look at our own world and wrongly decrease their trust in our own news industry. But ironically, by decreasing trust in the fourth estate, by and, and this has been systematically done in our own country and across the West for the past decade, I want to say, there have been, uh, you know, political factions that have systematically decreased the public's trust in the news, in the news uh, industry. Because if you're in power, who's the one entity whose sole job it is to hold you accountable? Mm. And if you can alienate the public from whom you gain power, if you can alienate the public from the entity that's supposed to hold you accountable, then you've secured power for much longer. Because there 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 was a prominent American politician who, uh, even today uses the term fake news a lot and it's gotten to the point where he's not really just disputing the validity of the accusations or of the news articles or anything that's being leveled where he is not made to look good um he's not disputing the validity of it if you if you listen closely he's attacking the credibility of who's saying it and that's a very different point uh so what I'm saying is that with this cyberpunk commentary that, you know, uh, people think they're informed, but they're not. They're being manipulated and they're being lied to. And it's decreasing trust among the, the um, news stations in cyberpunk. I would I would implore players when they're playing through that to recognize it as a as a warning. It's a warning and a commentary in one, but it's not the gospel of truth about our own world. There are a lot of. Uh, journalists who work very long hours, get very little pay, 
and they're not treated very well. Uh, and they don't get to talk about it on camera or in their publications, so you wouldn't know. Uh, but they do this because they care very much about keeping the public informed. And so I hope that the players of Cyberpunk don't look at this and then because they've seen it in media and a part of it rings true to our own world, they've decreased their trust and they feel validated for not trusting our own news industry in the real world. Because if you do that, it's only going to open you up to misinformation and disinformation further. It's, it's not going to help you, uh, if you if you think, I'm not going to listen to any journalist anymore. We know... Chelsea and I have joked several, several times on this podcast about how, oh my gosh, Cyberpunk is getting it right again, or how could he tell the future on so many of these little small things? Well, there are some ways that you can extrapolate or, you know, right, figuring out what the internet is going to do or, you know, coming up with the idea of portable uh, a portable data bank to hold your your information. Yeah, that's something that probably you could easily figure out. But just because we say that some of these things have come true in the real world doesn't mean that everything that is in cyberpunk is 100% going to happen. Uh, part of the commentary is accurate in terms of, I think, I think what they're trying to convey here is that this would be the ultimate result of hypermedia conglomeration. Mm-hmm. That when only two, when only one or two can, uh, huge giants own all of the different uh, pathways of news, that that would be the death of real news and the death of the free press. And I fully agree with that, 110%. And the fact of the matter is, we are seeing news stations being bought up left and right and it's being consolidated. The, 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 uh, there are fewer and fewer companies that are owning the distribution of news throughout the United States, and it's not good for competition. But how do you fix that, right? That's a very complicated question because people don't want to pay for their news anymore. And that wasn't the way that it always was. Because So we think about when was the golden age of news? A lot of people would look back at the 50s and 60s and think Watergate, right? Yeah, fucking investigative reporters going and meeting with uh uh you know p- you know shady figures in a parking garage but they had good intel you know what i mean and they're going to bring down the president and the corruption and they would think of that as like the heyday of journalism and they'd think of these bustling newsrooms with the ticker tape going and the typewriters and there's like 60 people in a newsroom and that's not the case anymore but at the same time that those were happening in the 50s and 60s, people were paying for their local newspapers. People were mm-hmm. actively shelling out every month for news subscriptions. They were just calling it a little different, and it was formatted a little different. People were paying for cable. And that money was ultimately going to the journalists. It was getting funneled down. Of course, the executives were getting their fair share too. Uh, but the less money that comes in directly from the viewer base, the more money has to be made up through advertisement revenue or other means. And that other means is something I talked about earlier with, um, with hedge funds buying up different news outlets and then gutting the newsrooms for a higher profit, lower operating costs. Uh, and so basically I'm bringing this up because I'm saying Cyberpunk is creating this dystopian image of the media being so hyper-consolidated because I think that they were warning this is happening in our real life and the government is not stepping in to to, um, prevent monopolies and it's not enforcing antitrust laws. Um, But yeah, I just... That's why I was going to say I don't think that I'm going to say that this commentary is good or bad because... It's accurate, but it can also be damaging. I guess if you're going to take anything away from this, uh, know that there are like there are instances of this being a thing, and uh, but make sure that you do your research because there are actual people out there telling you the facts and the truth. But you gotta, at this point, you kind of have to dig deep for that stuff in order to get correct information. Yeah, don't just trust any random schmo you see on Twitter. 
or you know reddit or facebook okay th- there's a reason why journalists go through the editorial process there's a reason why a lot of us go to school for years to learn this kind of thing and then spend years in the industry being underpaid trying to perfect our art uh there's a whole editorial process if you're unfamiliar with what it is i implore you to look it up but let's just say we don't just hear things like we hear a rumor on the street and then we go run to a television camera and say, hey, I just heard this thing and it's fucking crazy, man, but you should hear about it. Like, that's not what we do. I think there's some, there's some people that do that, though. There are some people that do that, and uh, they probably call themselves citizen journalists. <laughs> but that that is not the professional journalist's way to do things. I think this is a good little spot for us to insert a mid-break. So here's Jen from post-production stopping the recording right here. Toasty, take us away. Yeah, I know. It's me again. It's very unfortunate. (laughs) Welcome back to the middle of the show where we talk about the show itself and not about the lore of cyberpunk, which I'm feel like i get that wrong every single time i say it but apparently it's correct because i'm getting the nod of approval from genesis um yeah um to all of our listeners you have to deal with this for another like i don't know three fucking episodes so so strap in for that uh we would like to give a a fuck who would not like to give a fuck no thank you (laughs) uh we would like to give our love and thanks to our patrons, uh, all 12 of you. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, it really helps us out. Um, uh, and we also have a new review this week uh, from Jay Mnemonic via Apple Podcasts. Um, I'm pretty sure this is Johnny Mnemonic from the Discord. Um, we talk to you a lot. Thank you. Um, but, uh, anyways, the best cyberpunk 77 conversations on the net, five stars, all of the hosts and guests are knowledgeable and charismatic. Are you sure about that? Are you absolutely sure about that? Uh, I'm talking about myself, of course, an excellent way for you to add cyberpunk discourse to your weekly routine. You could listen in order or pick by interest, a nice way to get hype for phantom Liberty. It's like having a few Johnny Silverhand Ingrams in your head talking cyberpunk all day. Thank you, Johnny Mnemonic. That that I really do appreciate that. Uh, and I do like that. The fact that you don't necessarily have to go in order on the episodes. You could pick and choose and travel around the world in a different way. We went around the globe in one way. Maybe you want to jump country to country. You don't have to pay airfare. Go however you want. Fair enough. Um, and you know what that means, though, uh, Johnny? You get to go ahead and uh, cash in your 10 IP per Jay Gray for leaving uh, a five-star review. Um, so if you play the Cyberpunk Red tabletop and you leave us a, uh, a five-star review on iTunes, on iTunes Apple Podcasts, um, Jay said you get 10 IP and there's nothing that your referee can do about it because he makes the rules. I didn't say the usual tagline, but I don't care. (laughs) Uh, Another way you can support the show is by going to fanroldice.com. Buy yourself some dice, especially if you are playing this, this cyberpunk red tabletop, Uh, you can get some cyberpunk dice. Uh, and then you can use the codes CPLC or Cyberpunk Lorecast, uh, along with the Almighty C10 uh, on their website when you're checking out and get a grand total of 20%. 20%. Uh, and you get to support uh, us and another Cyberpunk creator along with it. Uh, and that's about it from me. But Jin has some exciting news about spotify so jen take it away all right i will you did a very good job on the Wait, speaking of spotify you can leave a five-star rating on spotify as well not just on apple 
Yeah, you can. You can leave the five-star rating and you can also comment on recent episodes. I have gone through and I have published all of the ones that we have had recently. It's very much appreciated and it helps the show get seen by anybody who is looking for cyberpunk content. Now, what they have also done, this is a brand new feature that uh, Patreon and Spotify just started rolling out together. It is currently going through the process, so hopefully by the time that this uh, episode gets released, you'll be able to access this. What you need to do is on your Spotify app, I don't know if it's available on the PC versions of it yet. But the app on your phone generally gets these features before the PC versions of it does. But on the app on your phone, what you can do is you can go into your settings onto your profile and connect it to your Patreon. And what that's going to do is unlock a special bonus feed in your Spotify app. So any show that you listen to that also has a Patreon is going to have a separate feed where you can listen to all of the bonus content episodes in Spotify, which is freaking amazing. Because as of right now, if you want a bonus content episode or an ad-free version of the show, you have to go on to Patreon, you have to download it or subscribe to an RSS feed and then translate that RSS feed to your Spotify app or whatever app you use to listen to. This makes it so that way you're going to have access to a secondary feature within Spotify, which is really freaking cool. I'm so excited about this. So if you want that bonus content, Toasty and I put out a bonus episode every week, pretty much. We go through and we edit out some of our behind the scenes stuff or some really funny bloopers or tangents that just go way too far off topic. We take those out of the main feed and throw them on our Patreon exclusive. So if you go to patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast or just search cyberpunk lorecast on Patreon, you'll find us on there. And you can help support us, support the show, and get quick and easy access to the bonus content. So yeah. Again, thanks to all of our listeners and everybody who has rated, reviewed, and shared the podcast and talked about it online. We appreciate every single one of you. All right. I think now is a good... Do you have anything else that you want to add to the middle of the show? Nope. I think I've added enough. (laughs) All right. Let's get back into our conversation with N7 The Legend. Uh, as for this last thing, um, as of 2020, the media so permeates the world that fully 20% of the global economy is based on the exchange of information and entertainment. At the top of the spectrum are the massive corporations, and in the middle are the lost revolutionaries, the cyberpunks. They must constantly struggle to delineate the kernel of truth and the chaff of falsehoods. There were some who ride the line. Uh, they can afford a few different news feeds and they check stories against rival networks. Some have the capital to get an account with Infocomp for the real dirt unedited on the occasions that warrant further investigation. Uh, the truth is available, but the price of the truth has been raised exponentially. The first thing you said that it's based on the exchange of information and entertainment. That's part of the issue in cyberpunk, that information, as in news, is being so intermingled with what is entertainment that that's why it's so hard to discern what the fucking truth is about anything, because it's all infotainment, right? And that that is accurate. That's happening with broadcast news and commercial news, uh, especially with the national networks. That's happening in our own real world. There needs to be stronger lines in our own news industry delineating opinion from fact delineating an opinion editorial piece from something that is completely hard news there needs to be that and i'm seeing even on news stations and publications and outlets that i really looked up to there used to be a practice where we would say abed never goes above the fold and the fold mm. is something that dates back to newspapers. You know, the fold, everything above the fold 
above on the top of the page was the most important stuff of the day. On the bottom half, still important, but it wasn't the most important. And so hard news, everything that was pure fact would go above the fold. Not everything. Some pure hard news would go below the fold too. But the point is op-eds, opinion editorials would never go above the fold. And now I'm seeing on websites a lot of not only is the op-ed not labeled an op-ed, it's labeled something maybe innocuous like analysis. Or it's labeled, you know, um, their name, the author's name, and then colon, and then blah, 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 like the headline. Well, there's a problem with that because you're not being upfront and honest with people about what they can expect. And we need to tell people what is opinion. Hey, you're about to read this thing, and it's editorialized. It's opinion. It's not hard news. They might cite news, but it's not hard news. And we need to be very transparent and more honest with that as an industry. And I'm fighting for that within my own industry. I've fought for that for a little uh, a while. I'm getting pushback because of money, because it gets money. The opinion editorials rake in more because they're more relatable. They feel more like you're listening to a human being than someone who's just reciting facts to you, which is, by the way, what a reporter is supposed to do. Um, but... It's that is true and it's accurate and I see it in cyberpunk and I think that is the most powerful part of the commentary that cyberpunk makes on the future of media is that it's it's interweaving this sensationalized entertainment avenue uh, with with information and it's dangerous. Infomercialtainment. Yeah. Oh, that word gives me cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it either, mainly because infomercials are not entertainment. And that's what I see when I look at that word. I'm just like, infomercials are what happens when I leave the TV on too long and have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning and have to turn it off. But that's completely besides the point. Um, I, yeah. The truth is always available. The piece of the truth just has been raised exponentially. The price of truth. I'm very idealistic. That's why I went into journalism in the first place. And um, I'm pretty strong in my resolve that I believe, and I've gotten into arguments with uh, people in newsrooms about this before, but uh, I believe that there is truth in the world. It does exist. I've heard the argument that, you know, there is no such thing as truth. There's just different perceptions. Um, no. <laughs> if if a tree falls, it fell or it didn't. You know, whether or not you were around to hear it, it doesn't matter. There is a singular truth in the world. And to deny that is is egotistical, almost, to think... It's, it's almost to imply that if I didn't perceive something happening, that it didn't happen. That's how a child thinks. That's not how adults think. And truth is, there are matters of opinion, right? There are matters that are inherently subjective, that cannot be verified or falsified. Those things, yes, I would agree that, you know, truth is a matter of perception in those. But there's also facts that form opinions. And those are, are as a quote that I've always loved, this is from Winston Churchill, the truth is incontrovertible. Malice may attack it, ignorance may deride it, but in the end, there it is. And that quote seems to be as present in cyberpunk despite all of the media and the corporation's attempts to obfuscate it, that in the end, the truth is still there. And you can try and hide it, but it's like the sun. Eventually, it'll come peering through the clouds. And it's still there in the end. And it just takes someone to try and look for it. Okay. I haven't cried on Cyberpunk since we had to like review Edge Runners, and I'm not gonna start tonight. I, I feel inspired could... though, straight up. I know. It's a reason that I love Legend. We've touched on something that I really hold dear to my heart and that I care about. Um and I see, I see a concerted effort, uh, a war on the truth happening in our world every day that, you know, when people are not given the truth, when they are lied to, 
they're acting on information that's bad and they can't make the best decisions for themselves. But moreover, when people are lied to, they get angry. And I think a lot of the anger gets misplaced and chaos is sown and division happens. And we're not ourselves, we're not at our best, and we're not unified. And you have to think, who would want that? So yeah, I, I do think that we're living in this age where truth is become is coming under attack more perhaps than it ever was, or at least on a scale higher than it ever was. And to be honest with you, something I've been reporting on and something that's been scaring me is the capacity for AI to influence misinformation. Oh. Yeah, that's a that's a big, big topic. And AI definitely has a huge aspect in cyberpunk. Um, I feel like if we start down the chat GPT chat right now, just a small example, a lot of people might remember a few months ago, there was an image that went around social media, and it purported to show an explosion outside of the Pentagon. It was a large plume of black smoke outside of a bureaucratic looking building. But the problem is, that never happened, and the image was made by AI. Of course, it wasn't like, you know, the AI decided to make the image. It was a prompt that someone put in to an AI-powered tool. Um, but it still did real damage. It was fact-checked within the day. The local fire department went on uh, social media and said, did we check this out, and this didn't happen. And yet there's still, I don't know if pe it's just genuine people who are real people who are just trolling and would like to see the world burn, or perhaps it's someone with an agenda. But there's some people who are still replying to the local fire agency by saying, this is fake news. They don't want you to know. Um, I, I mean, I think that's just part of, like, that, like, percentage of the population that just... Okay, I have a message for that population. What the fuck is wrong with you? We're trying to have a fucking society here. <laughs> and... People who are so miserable that they are ripping at the seams of the very fabric of shared reality that we have. Get a life. Come on, man. What is he doing? Come on, man. Give me a little break here. But everybody knows who this guy is. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. Get a life. Come on, man. So it's it's just I I don't know. I that that part that part bugs me a lot. But the point that I was making was this AI generated image. It made its rounds around social media. People started to question then what the truth was. Who do I believe? How how many how many times have you heard within the past few years someone talk about an issue and then they they throw up their hands and they say I just don't know what to believe anymore. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's terrifying because that's what our entire civilization is built upon, a shared reality uh, that at least at some base level we can identify what the truth of our existence is. Um, and the fact that AI is being paired with the desire to rip apart at the threads of that shared reality and that, and that AI will enable a level of propaganda and misinformation on a scale that we have never seen before that you can create convincing propaganda within five seconds if you wanted and then share it on social media and then repeat. You know what? I'm just going to go back to the tool. I got a different idea. I'm going to type in this prompt. I got a different pan of bullshit that it's going to take exponentially more effort and more time to dispel than it will to make it. That's terrifying. And it's keeping journalists and fact checkers and researchers and experts extremely busy trying to fact check all this stuff. And we're getting exhausted, by the way. Um, but that's that's just my soapbox about the truth. Uh, and I think we're entering a, a very scary new world. Great. Uh Oh, I have so, so many thoughts on this. Um, so we might have to put a pin in it for now and come back and talk more on it because I'm like, maybe, maybe it was wrong and that the data crash of 94 is actually coming in 2024 and that scares the fuck out of me right now. So I'm going to keep that um, locked away in my brain for a little while um, because uh 
You know, it was an AI that decided to crash the internet and flood it with complete and total lies. That's why the history books and cyberpunk say that Nixon, on his inauguration speech, turned around and mooned the entire city on national television. (laughs) Because that is what an AI decided would have happened. Um, And that's what's in the books. And yeah, so data crash of 2024. Here we come. Mm-hmm. Josie, do you think it's a good spot to wrap things up for the night? Sure. Okay. Right. Um, please uh, go give us a follow on Twitter or stupidx.com now at Cyberpunk Lore. Um, you can also visit us on patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast. If you'd like to hear more from me, I am on the Two Girls One Ship podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. Sam, what about you? Where can the people find you? I do a Mass Effect podcast. Um, I host the Mass Effect Lorecast with Tom, uh, aka Robots, and uh, we're skipping this week on an episode, but we will be back uh, in the next week or so, whenever this publishes, uh, and we'll have an episode on Tally in Mass Effect 2. In the meantime, I'm also streaming Mass Effect Randomized on Twitch. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter at In7TheLegend. Oh, Steve. Um, and I also do a podcast with Tom, a.k.a. Robots, <laughs> called The Wish Lord Cast. Um, I don't ever expand on my episodes, so that's fine. Uh, I also do the Cyberpunk Red Live Play podcast, Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk Apostrophe D, with the fun link for an Almighty Crit Gang. And wow, I have been on all of these shows. I guessed on The Witcher, I guessed on Cyberpunk, I guessed on Mass Effect. It's corporate espionage. No, I'm just a pod slut. It's all good. Uh, I I think WNS hired her. I mean, the original, the 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 original uh, character that Jin had was a media. So. Original Genesis was a media tech. Yeah, that is weird. Um, okay. We also, at the end of every episode, shout out Miracle of Sound. We use clips and little snippets from Neon Red, the instrumental remix. Uh, he recently released new music, so go out there, check it out, miracleofsound.rocks, or on his YouTube channel. And of course, as always, stay safe in Night City. Stay safe in Night City. Stay safe in Night City. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Are you a fan of Elden Ring? Are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else? We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives, a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the lands between. Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Mikola. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. Bookmark the show for later, and we'll see you in the lands between. Again, that's the Elden Archives, a FromSoft Lorecast, available everywhere.